Podcasting from a restaurant, uh, La Frite Cafe, is that yes. correct? Uh, this is uh, the summer of 2014, our annual car cast. Although Car is kind enough to say, since, since Nate and I are both here, it's the, what do you say, the car? Car, custom, a car caster. <laughs> there we go. Something Ooh. like that. Fiesta 2014. <laughs> so, uh, which means that we are here with the owner of Earth 2 Comics uh, and the man known in Hollywood as the comic book guy. Car D'Angelo. Look, once I had to pick that up off somebody else's podcast, it's going to stick with you. Oh, okay. You're the, <laughs> the comic book guy. So, uh, in another lifetime. But you are now. You're one of the foremost dealers me, in... Uh, me and Jeff Albertson. All right. <laughs> so, uh, let us begin. We are podcasting... Uh, God, was Comic-Con just three days, four days ago? Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, let's see. Let's open it up with, from the retailer's point of view, from Cardiangel's point of view, uh, how was Comic Con 2014 for you? Well, I think the retailer perspective has been best embodied by the works of Chuck Rosansky. I was going to ask you about that. We <laughs> talked about it on this week's podcast, but oh, uh, you already talked about well, it. Well, but but I wanted to but see. Now we got to hear from somebody's perspective who's actually got a stake in the game. Chuck is a great showman, and I think it was kind of. Well, let me me back up and and summarize. Uh, If you listen to last week's podcast, which because this goes up next week, and therefore we're time traveling, uh, that uh, Chuck Rosansky is the owner of Mile High Comics, and he put a blog post which became known as the Mile High Letter. Uh, (laughs) It's true. uh, Is he going to try and sell it as a 9.0 Mile High Letter? I don't don't know. Uh, That that uh, the scope. Uh, the focus of Comic-Con has changed so much that there's not much point for retailers to be there, and he has threatened, though not specific... I don't want to say threatened. Um, said, I'm going to take my ball and stay in in Colorado next year, quite possibly. But he hasn't confirmed that, at least as far as I have read. He hasn't He's said, already rescinded. He's already said, he after much heartbreak, <laughs> I have decided I'm going to go back to San Diego. Okay. It only took three days. Okay. Well, <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Comic-Cons enforcers, they're good. All right, so tell, yeah, tell us from your perspective. Well, Chuck is a great showman. Uh, I don't know if you saw the um, documentary that he's part of, the Morgan Spurlock San Diego documentary. I have it, but, you know, it's still mint in box. I'm afraid to open it. Do you have it. the little toys, too, I that do. come I do. I have my Joss Whedon action figures. <clears throat> That's funny. Um, so I think, you know, you get a lot of insight into into Chuck in, in, in that movie, into how he uses... Comic-Con as a promotional opportunity because I, I, I do understand that I don't think there are a lot of as many comic book sales on the floor of San Diego as there used to be. I don't think that's just because of um, 
the media emphasis is also just because of the uh, economics of selling comics and how things have migrated to mail order and eBay and uh, you know you don't have to I think there used to be a level of collector who would have to wait for the big convention to get their you know, Amazing Fantasy 15 and I just think there are a lot of other avenues that's a good point uh, throughout the year I think a lot of the big money dealers there kind of make their deals throughout the year and then San Diego is more just like maybe the point of exchange you know could be uh, and you know and they're not really ex- and so so that's sort of what pays pay, you know pays for the the, the the course but look every year Chuck is out there trying something different he's had years where remember there was a year he didn't bring comic books he just brought computers and tried to use his setup as to, to order things on mail order I don't remember that. That, was, that was yeah, it was maybe like ten years ago. That, remember, do you remember time. Next Planet Over? There was there that was all, they were sort of doing a similar thing. No, they were I trying to be either. like a, a mail order, uh, a, a geek mail order company, uh, not just comics but you know, merchandise and stuff. I'm vaguely recall that name. Um, yeah. And so that was sort of a thing you would see a lot. Is people wouldn't have yeah, they would just bring a big screen. Um, so Chuck's done a lot of different things to to kind of promote himself. Sometimes he doesn't really bring the back issues. He just brings like the you know the the discount trade paperbacks and things like that. I was saying actually the past few years I've always bought a discount trade paperback from him, and this year there were none. Right. I went over there desperately looking for the pro fan trivia contest. Oh my God, I've got an Iron Fist gap. An odd thing to say, <laughs> but <laughs> but I know nothing about Iron Fist. Right. I was like, I will go to Mile High. There's right. nothing, right. you know. So there, remember, there was that uh, uh, President Obama was going to appoint someone as the ambassador to Kun Lun, and he couldn't appoint that person because they had an Iron Fist gap. And well, there, they, don't tell Boehner that because uh, <laughs> he's going to sue over that. So um, okay, there you know there was that, uh, the, the, but. So what did he have then this year? He had back issues. So he, he, had, he was back-to-back issues? He had back issues. And, I mean, filling that huge space, that, well, let's face it, honestly, uh, you know, trade paperbacks look neater on the shelves that he brought. But besides that, though, there's been a lot of compl- I think his point was interesting about how many uh, exclusives come out of the companies themselves. And I think his point would have been stronger if I hadn't seen his own booth selling the exclusives that he had Stood right. in line to get right, you know, or had people do or that for him, or, do, yeah. or or buying them, you know, for you know for the, the small right. markup to before the big markup. I do think, but I do think he's right in the sense of there used to be a sense between publishers and dealers that the publishers are there to exhibit and to put on a show mm-hmm. and provide entertainment right. and provide the draw, you know, oh, you're going to see this artist or you're going to hear the top, the, the new news from Marvel or whatever. And that, and the dealers were there to do the selling. Mm-hmm. And they were there to pick up the, pick up the dollars, you know, from, from the fans. When all the publishers have turned into, um, you know, coming up with something that they are going to make, um, Mm-hmm. You know, money on it is you know it's drawing obviously it draws dollars away from the dealers if you play the theory that there's a finite number of dollars. Well, with, which there is, <laughs> yeah. There's even a fit finite uh, amount of uh, bitcoins for that matter. <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you then aside from that, your personal experience, you were on a panel, you were talking about retailing. So let's talk we about were, this. we were talking about. Um, yeah, we did. Well, I always do on Fridays. We do uh, various Comics Pro uh, related programming. Uh, we did. We have sort of a meet and greet in the morning. We did a state of the industry, which um, unfortunately one of our uh, 
speakers, Joe Field, who uh, has flying colors up in Concord, California, yes. and you know the man who created Free Comic Book Day. Um, Joe took sick, oh, so and he was, he, he was supposed to sort of lead some of our, our programming. So I'll admit I was not fully prepared <laughs> without uh, Joe. But we, you know, so we made it more that part of it. We made just kind of sort of a, 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 a talky catching up with other retailers kind of thing, talking about things like Batman Day and stuff. We can probably come back to um, love to. Batman yep. Day a little later. Um, but I was on one panel that a friend of mine had put together about geek marketing, which is which is a fascinating topic in terms of how the um, the uh, you know the, the the mass culture is now targeting us in the same way, you know, there's like ethnic marketing and sports marketing you know, that there's now geek marketing, where you're trying to appeal we have to geeknicity. Yes, geeknicity. Yeah, um, and so, so my friend Steve Rodriguez put on a great, uh, you know, presentation. The panel probably was more of a presentation than a than than, than a panel because there was a lot of information to absorb, mm-hmm. and um, and we probably didn't have as much time to 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 talk about it at at, at the end as we would have liked. But it was you know just sort of looking at the things that work, like. Um, you know, that uh, Chase ad, you know, with the guy who uses his credit card to eventually get to the comic book convention, you know. Uh, I haven't seen you that. You haven't seen that one? No. Oh, it, it, it's great because it starts out, you know, as Steve says in his presentation, you know, he's a normal guy, you know, and he's he's, he's got a, you know, he's a good looking guy and he's got a girlfriend and he's got a job and he, you know, and you see him getting points as he goes to the comic book shop, as he goes to see the, you know, Captain Crusader movie or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then the last thing is he, you know, cashes in all his frequent, you know, flyer points to go to a convention, and and then he sees a guy dressed as his favorite, you know, um, favorite character walking by, but he's got you know toilet paper on his boot, so you know he, you know, steps and saves the day by yes. making his hero not look like a like a like a fool. Okay. Uh, and you know, and, and that's something that that sort of says this is a normal, you know, this is Chase spending money on a credit card ad. If, if they're putting this in the ad, they're normalizing it. They're not, you know, they're they're appealing to 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 something in in. Um, they think there's an, a, a market there that's going to identify with that. So it sort of becomes how mainstream has you know the geek stuff become. Well, well it has been for some time. And, yeah. And, and people our age are still adjusting to that. Oh, um, you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I'm I'm finally on the in crowd. Uh, well, and then there's the other side of it where you know you see ads and he showed you know some of these examples like the Hardys. Uh, or Carl Jr. ad for X Men, depending which side you're right. in, where you know side of the country, not pro or, or against <laughs> Carl's Jr. That's right. or Hardy, so not, depending which side you're you cannot at. eat on both. Both no, um. too much bacon. Um, uh, but you know that the, the like the director of that ad said something like, "Well, we didn't really know what we were doing, so we just focused on on the superheroic appetite." And it was a very and even though you have these great characters of Quicksilver and Mystique, they didn't really. They just and had Colossus, them, yeah. and Colossus was in one of them. Yeah, and they just had them eating burgers. You know, it wasn't like really didn't play to the strengths of, right. of the, the characters uh, and the and the ideology or you know the the mythology, I should say. Um, you know, so so I'll admit it was one of those tough panels because you know you you you, you want to really be talking about the stuff that's really exciting, and like with a lot of panels, there's never enough time. So, you know, we got to talk about a few things and also how the, um, and specifically one of the hot topics, I think, of the convention is about the, you know, the rising female audience for our our stuff. And, um, you know, but with the presentation and other factors, not a lot of time for all eight people on the panel to talk. And, and I 
switched with another panel, so I, I was having like a slightly blue moment where I thought like, oh, you know, I really, you know, you know, you know, for my own ego, you know, I didn't really get a chance to say the brilliant thing. I made yeah. a Sharknado joke. That was like my big contribution to the panel. But this is your opportunity. More people will hear this podcast <laughs> than we're in that than we're in that, <laughs> that panel. panel. Well, but 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 here's the great thing, and this is why I believe in, in karma and kismet and fate. Is after the panel. This, uh, this, I'm standing out talking. That room collapsed. The room, yes, exactly. The other room, everybody in the other room, there was a gas leak, and we don't know what happened to them. But this big strapping guy comes running out of the panel room with my name placard. You know, this is Cardiangelo yeah. on it. He's going, Cardiangelo, where's Cardiangelo? And I'm thinking, do I have a ride? Do I have a limo? No. Um, and it turns out to be one of my best friends from my old fanzine days, who I went to high school with, a fellow named Francis Mao, who was um, uh, like editor and chief designer for Game Pro magazine. I don't know if I don't think know if that uh, yeah, no, no, still we, exists. No, no, it but does he, still exist. But he was yeah. there for a long time, and now he's with Capcom. So he was in the room to do the next panel. And as they were sweeping off the old placards and putting up the new ones, he saw my name. And this is a guy I, I haven't seen in at least, I can't, I mean, I don't know the last time I talked to him. I haven't seen him in at least 20 years or something. So, you know. Then I got on that cross text as to, I've just seen Francis yes, Mao. Yes, Jason Sachs. <laughs> Who's Francis Mao? I guess, after about five years, text back. The three of us, the three of us were texting, and I forgot, and I forgot that you did not. I, 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 I'm late to the fans. I'm a cyberzine guy. That's right. Yeah, so. No, but I didn't know if you, I couldn't remember if he had, like Jason and a few of the right, other people right. from those days had crossed our, our collective path. True, true. So you got that. And, uh, right, so the geek marketing, I mean, that does feel like it's a whole other other issue. And, and certainly, the as you say, the rising tide of women in fandom, uh, that's been an issue uh, this year in particular. There's been a lot of harassment brought up. But I, I don't know if I, I want to belabor that with you. But let's talk about actually the State of the Union. Let's go. We, you know, because we've done some of our Comic-Con well, what do you say? Recap already talked about some of the things we've seen and done, and I feel like even more so for you, it's not a lot of time for you to see and do the things outside of you're there doing your business. And I and did not zip line. You should have. You should have. <laughs> it was a thrill, and right. I got a t-shirt. <laughs> right. So no, I, I don't get a lot of as much time there. Uh, one of the interesting things, though, is I, I, I like seeing it. Like anything, you like to see it through new eyes because you get old and jaded. And, yeah. You know, you've been doing it. I don't know how long. You, I know you've been going to Comic Con a lot. I've been going pretty steadily for, you know, maybe 17, mm-hmm. 18 years. And, um, you know, and there was one guy who was presumably there for his second time. And he was with his friend who was there for the first time. And he was saying to his friend, they were over by like Artist Alley. And he was scratching his head and going, this is, this is all weird. Um, Everything's in the same place it was last year. And I wanted to go over to him and say, well, yeah, that's the point. It's not like a whole new show, you know? It's not yeah. like it's not like we, we had, you know, 200 artists in Artists Alley last year, and this year we're going to have 200 completely different artists. <laughs> you know, we can't change out publishers, you know? I mean, they're, they're the right. same things are going to be there. I mean, that's sort of the good and bad of Comic-Con right. is that continued familiarity. And it certainly evolved. You know, over you know the you know the last ten or, ten or fifteen years, but when you're standing in a certain place, sometimes I feel it is like one of those, you know, uh, you know, comic book or movie scenes where 
when I'm when I'm standing in the DC booth, it's like right now, oh, I'm surrounded by Batman costumes. But then there's a dissolve, and I'm surrounded by the Superman Make costumes of last year. year. Yeah. And then I'm surrounded by you know whatever they were promoting, you know, the Watchmen costumes of the year before. And it's like you can kind of right. see it's like Planet Krypton. That's what it was. It was when there's there's an <laughs> issue there's an issue of of, of Kingdom, of Kingdom yeah. Planet Krypton, <laughs> and they go into Planet Krypton, and the reality keeps shifting around that's them. When and the that's when the original Batwoman showed up again. At one point, you just go, Kathy, Kathy, yeah. Kathy Kane. <laughs> but that's what you know. But that's what Comic Con really is, is because there's there is a familiarity to it, um, and it would be crazy. I think. Imagine how hard it would be if you know you'd feel like you know Helen Keller if you know every year they like move stuff around. Well, I gotta <laughs> say, I did have a Planet Krypton moment. I loved being able to. Do, I started. I realized in taking photos this year, I should call out the name of the character. There was a, a, a woman dressed as the original Batgirl. So to be able to on the streets of San Diego go Betty Kane and have <laughs> her stomach go oh you know I'll pose you know and and so it was kind of that's kind of fun. Now of course one of the it's things good that, that they know that because sometimes people worry that oh, they, the uh, yeah, cos- I, cosplayer doesn't that know about their character. and run you know <laughs> <laughs> crying you know yeah, I, yeah. there was an attractive woman who fakes her knowledge uh, no because that's the other thing is when people talk about the rise of women in here women know their stuff I mean yeah. you know it really is a sincere rise although it, it is not necessarily the mainstream of what what the guys have traditionally uh, been buying but you know it's still we're all sharing on Walking Dead we're all sharing on Saga right. and East of West and, and a whole bunch a whole bunch of, e- of image books uh, and, and our course um, but uh, you know one of the things that Earth 2 I think has been on the forefront of is and, and if you haven't trademarked it you should have the non-con so for what do you do for the people that are not able to go to Comic Con because I, I don't know that at this point it can expand much larger but I saw Barnes and Noble did a lot of counter programming, and right. last year you guys had started it and did it again. Yes. So let's talk about that and and the outreach that, that right. DC did with Batman Day on the beginning of Comic-Con. well that that helped a lot. And I have to also give credit to the the, the you know the anti con idea uh, to to Tate of Tate's Comics in Florida, uh, who you know I don't know if I had heard about it from him first. But I think I would. I know when we were planning ours, I was aware that he had done it as well. Okay. Uh, and he does it, you know, counter programming to to, um, uh, to to San Diego. We started hearing last year. You know, people kept saying, "I couldn't get a badge. I couldn't get a badge." So we thought we'd get people badges. You know, so you know we we made it, and then we thought, well, we have to have something on the badge because it's not going to say San Diego. We're not going to. Uh, so we came up with non-con to have because um, it's not a convention. You know, that's what we keep telling people. Right, you're you like know, the defenders. We're like the oh. defenders. We're a non-team, and uh, and what's funny is people still call. Is registration still open? Are badges still available? And still, you know, and, and it's kind of fun. But Batman Day as a lead-in to. To a to a week of counter programming was really great. I mean, I think there were um, stores that took advantage around the country of Batman Day and really made the most of it, um, and and increased sales and increased goodwill with their customers. Uh, and then I, you know, but then I'm also surprised, even locally, at the number of stores that that didn't participate at all. And this was DC giving us free stuff to give. Yeah. To people, uh, some of it we had to pay for. I was like, you know, but they they did send out the the comics. There's a free Batman comic and free bags, and I know there were some distribution problems with the the bags. Not everybody got the bags, but I mean, but you had a free Batman comic to give away, and they sent a generous amount. 
Um, even with as many people as I had for Batman Day, I still have the comics. So I think that speaks to what a generous amount it was. Oh, good, because I didn't get one. Oh, good, so, yeah, got yeah, it right next door. <laughs> but, but it was, you know, I mean, and, and, and you can't do it with every character, and people are saying, oh, we need to do it again. But Yeah, who's who's 75th anniversary next year? Is, and uh, who's, who's as big as Batman? Dr. Fate Day. Da- Dr. Fate Day. Alan Scott Day. <laughs> you know? Love it. Jay Garrick Day. <laughs> um, Plastic Man Day beat. Uh, he was in 41. Right. And if you use your yeah. credit card, we'll give you a discount. Uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, Something. I, don't know. I get that. Yeah, we're going. Plastic, right? We'll try to work on that joke, uh, and we'll come back around but, to but it. But Batman Day, I mean, you know, the masks were fun. Um, you know, again, we had people, I mean, it was like double a normal Wednesday for us in terms of traffic, and it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. And that was, just, you know, in a way, it may have taken some of the wind out of the sails for the rest of the, you know, we, we still, I mean, did we did well through the whole week even though a lot of people were at the convention because the people who weren't there still want something to do. Uh, and we tried a couple other things. We had an uh, artist named Tobias Gerhardt come in and do sketches on Saturday, so we had a local artist alley. Mm-hmm. And on um, and with a gun to my head, on Sunday we had Cars Collectibles, which was me finally having to put out, uh, at the request of my, my, uh, my wife, uh, first mention, do we have a bell? First mention of, of, Su- of Susan in the, uh, in, the, in the car cast. Uh, Susan had made the request of, like, just put it out and see if people want to buy it. And I'll go, okay. So a lot of my old statues and busts and action figures and things that were just kind of, like, squirreled away in the, in the garage and in storage, it was like, okay, let, 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 let them breathe. You know, I'm not, I'm not missing that. I mean, someone someone said a great thing about the con exclusives. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine posted on their on their Facebook that said, before you go crazy waiting in line for the con exclusives this year, think about the ones you got last year. Where are they? Do you remember what they are? When was the last time you held them and looked at them? So there's a lot of that scrambling that people do, and then they don't really, you know, care about the item that much afterwards. Well, so. and it was horrible. I, it, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, you advised me. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, you know, to just check, on. <laughs> check online for eBay. So you know, the, the they had the Batman '66 Lego Batmobile. Right, right. Yeah. So I've been looking online for that. That's hundred and eighty dollars right now, and so I'm hoping it'll stabilize in a, in a month. How, and how much was it if you waited online? Uh, I think it was like forty. Okay, guys, so. this is yours. No, no. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you for checking. Uh, no, uh, sorry, that was in, that was a lost cell phone. Aaron, this happens in public uh, once again at a free cafe. The service is fantastic. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, but uh, but actually, at one point, to get a collectible at the Marvel booth, a father and this was horrible. Father abandoned his child in the crowd, <laughs> and the Marvel classic, uh, the Marvel host at, on on the stage because Marvel has a big stage. With, right, right. You know, they, 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 yeah, people come up things, and you know. And he stopped. It was a true. I think it was a Marvel trivia contest. He stopped, called out for the you know, asked the asked the little kid, "Who's your dad?" And then when the dad stepped forward and stopped everything and lectured the guy on the microphone publicly about wow. bad parenting. Good. And so you know who my favorite company in the world is right now? Marvel. There you go. <laughs> you know, for saying, dude, it's just an alternate cover right. to a comic book that's what's going to be, right. you know. Uh, so you're right. Is, is Take a deep breath. Let's let it go. 
Although I, I, you know, I, I've been through some of those collectibles back there in the garage. So uh, you know, <laughs> it's like the forty-year-old virgin scene. It's fantastic. Yes. Oh, horrible moment. So I. So but, well, so we're putting. You know, so that was also part of it too, and putting some. You know, uh, you know, just clearing out some. Of, you know, and again, and it's it is sort of a letting go because I've, in the sense of having a shop, I've got so much stuff. I mean, I've yeah. got more. You know, I always have something. Once yeah. I put in, a, you know, if I have something on my, uh, you know, again, I've got an office and I've got some cool things there that that obviously mean more than the things I had hidden away. So yeah. if someone else can in, enjoy them, they they, they they might as well. But let's I be mean, honest, the Kevin Costner Waterworld figure that was Susan's. That was Susan's. Yes. Susan Susan is famous for her uh, collection of action figures of actors who should never have action figures. <laughs> That's a good collection. Yeah, I mean, it started with James Spader and Stargate. Um, Ooh, and but he's going to have one next year. Uh, are they doing? Uh, do they have to do an Ultron action? Oh, figure? an Ultron action figure. I thought you were. I thought they were doing a, a red Reddington. List. I would love a red <laughs> Reddington action figure, which no. is which is likely. No, too. no, they were going to do a less than zero collection. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could with Robert Downey Jr. Y- yes, mm-hmm. and uh, oh no, it was Jamie? I was thinking it was Terry Hatcher. If it was Terry Hatcher, there's probably a Terry Hatcher action figure. I don't know if there's a Jamie Gertz action no. figure from anything. No, no, they haven't done that yet. So uh, okay, so the non-com successful Batman Day, and we saw they mentioned like Barnes. Noble got into it as well. But yes. They had they celebrated Batman Day, and I forgot what they called it. Uh, in fact, it was just into you know get, it was like get into the pop. They had this huge get into pop culture. They called it Pop Culture Day or something. Uh, yeah, so they had access to a lot of the Funko uh, yes. exclusives as well. You know, and they were advertising as come see the Comic Con right. exclusives. So, you know, do you feel uh, that comic book stores are threatened or in towns where, I mean, where Barnes & Noble... Aren't comic book stores always threatened? threatened? I mean, because we're a paranoid bunch. Yes. (laughs) This is for Mile High. (laughs) I have gone... We've talked about this. I've gone through such an evolution because, you know, I think digital was the thing that made me in some ways most worried at a certain point. Yeah. Not so much because I thought... Fans wanted it, but what discouraged me the most was that the publishers, who did not put a lot of marketing into comics, print comics, suddenly, when digital was an option, were putting much more marketing efforts into into digital. Mm-hmm. And the effect that it was having was not so much bringing new yeah. readers, um, you know, which is a great thing, but if, it, if, if the emphasis is simply to move readers from print to digital, then it's going to be a loss. For, for everybody because you're going to lose you're going to lose people you're going to you're never going to reach so far they have not really despite uh, Marvel I think released a statistic about Ms. Marvel yeah I just saw that yesterday that uh, Ms. Marvel's going into its sixth printing for number one yeah and but it's actually sold more copies digitally that's what, that's so that's what not a bad thing that's it's just not, that's not a bad thing and I don't think it, it, it took away I think it demonstrates that it really didn't take away any sales I think because of the the Muslim component too I'm going to presume and this also came from Susan that um, she made the observation that there's that probably is it's probably reaching an audience that is in, you know uh, a wider audience for for that reason, maybe even an international audience uh, that is that is accounting for the the, the large digital purchases, because yeah. and, and, you know because it may be you know communities where there isn't necessarily a, a comic shop in the community anyway. Right. Most uh, of the statistics I've heard have actually been that comic sales themselves are up right. in hard copy yeah. as a result, while digital is still doing just fine. Right. And and nothing has you know they, there hasn't been that that watershed moment where you know um, 
where yeah, suddenly there's there's like like more people buying. I mean, except you know with this this rare case, you know, that mm-hmm. where where digital sales are to the detriment of of right. print sales. Now, Comicsology has made a move. We didn't really talk about that on the, the last podcast uh, over Comic Con. They announced that they were having a DRM free copies of your books, but uh, not all the publishers support that. So digital rights management, for those not aware, when you buy a comic through Comixology, it's like iTunes, which a lot of people aren't aware of this on iTunes either. Technically, Apple still owns it. You're just leasing for your lifetime or the lifetime of your device, the lifetime of that company. You don't get to keep it. Uh, But now they are allowing you to save to the format you want, but DC and Marvel have not jumped on board that. And Image was already doing that with their... right digital comics. Yeah, things they were running separately, and uh, I talked to Mike Richardson over at Dark Horse about that over the weekend, and they had done that separately, created their own digital store, so people are going off in different directions. That may be one of the reasons, too, is is you can't, you go to a comic book store, you can get everything in one place. You go to right. Comixology, you can't. Uh, or you go to Dark Horse, you go to Dark Horse directly. Or you can't get it all in the format that you, you right. want it in. Yeah, it, look, it, it's, I, I think, I think it's also... It's 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 a different strokes thing. In the same way that you know trade paperbacks, and I mean, I came into the business to uh, take advantage of the trade paperback boom. But there was a lot of retailers who, at that time, thought trade paperbacks were going to put back issues out of business and you know comics out of business. How can you sell? How can you sell six issues for the price of five? You know, in a trade paperback. Of course, now it seems sometimes that the, the trade paperback costs more than the individual sometimes, issues. Sometimes, sometimes um, they haven't all followed the image model but, of but, first ones cheap. But twelve years ago, twelve years ago, that that was the concern that that, yeah. that going to books was going to hurt periodical sales. So, so you're right. Comic book stores have always been in danger. Exactly. And <laughs> um, I mean, the, 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 the money shifts. You know, it's sort of like, hey, you know, there's more people buying certain image books, but they're buying less of, you know, but they're 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 buying less of, you know, um, you know, other books. It all kind of, you know, uh, evens out. And and you know, like I say, there's a, there's there's different customers for every different type of format. And the more mm-hmm. people reading comics, ultimately, in the end, I'm more of that. Rising tide lifts all boats. Lifts all boats. Yeah, I believe that's it. Is that what yeah. it is? Because we scramble for the correct cliche. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I was oh, I'm sorry, it's not a cliche. It's an aphorism. Aphorism. Uh, yes, we scramble for the aphorism. Uh, okay. <laughs> so then, uh, let us turn. What is the you know? So that's kind of the state of retailing. Has it been? Um, what have been the high points of the of the year for you as a retailer? Uh, what books are doing well? What's the recommendation? Before we get to the Susan Avalone choice. Oh, wait, okay, now I have to look at my notes because I did uh, <laughs> in my behind the scenes. Okay, oh, behind the scenes. Are we going to talk about Batman 66 at all? Is that on your list? We, uh, let's talk okay. about it. I, I, I left it open. I like okay. free flow. I mean, we free flow with you, man. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that the. What are the, some of the good things? One of the things that I think. Um, has been great is seeing something like Sandman back. I mean, that's been, you know, I think that, I guess that announcement was probably made. I feel like there's a lot of things where we 
talked about the announcement so last year, and now and we've got the, the, the actual books Have we gotten this year? two issues of Sandman yet? I think we, we did. With get three issues, three came out this week. That, that's why it's on my mind. Oh, no. I, it's I, very it's good. A, There's like some Jack Kirby homage in there. I'm going to have uh, to buy that and read it today. It's, it's, it's a okay. very exciting, very exciting comic there. Yeah. Very, very funny. I mean, it's you know, you forget how... You know, <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say, but you really forget how good a writer Neil Gaiman is. I mean, he, re- you know, it, there, there is nothing wrong with this. I experience. never forget. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, but you know, you, you don't. You know, other people you read regularly, even like you know Warren Ellis. I feel like I've never. You know, there, there's always been something there within a you know within a, in a few months, and I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's been exciting about this year too is more Warren Ellis between you know right. the, the Moon Knight. Uh, Series for for Marvel that was that was I think that was great. Um, yeah, you know, sorry, it's only six issues. Uh, his part of it anyway, uh, but also then seeing the evolution of all these creators like Warren Ellis doing trees and all these people who are you know migrating to Image to do these you know to right. do these more. I don't say they're not more personal, but they're more you know to do what we consider the creator-owned stuff, the yeah. alternative stuff, the stuff that isn't about. Uh-huh. Uh, a corporate, you know, character, and just stories that that can be told at their own, um, that can be told at their own pace. You know, yeah. I think even DC, you know, something like I hope DC does more things like The Wake by Scott Snyder, which has mm-hmm. been a great series. You know, it's a horror series. It's it's outside the DCU. You've got a great writer and a great artist. Still technically under Vertigo, though, right? The Wake I was. Guess, well, I guess it is Vertigo, yeah. No, but it, but I mean, because well, you know what? A, I mean, two years ago, people thought Vertigo was dead. I, you right. know, when you said the New Fifty Two, the sky is always falling. Yeah, and then something still survives. Right, and Vertigo. I mean, I'm, you know, I think there are limitations that they can't. That because of the corporate structure, they're not. You're, you're not going to see that same kind of creative freedom. Maybe might be a way to say it. Um, that you used to see. Um, mm-hmm. Or certainly they're not, it, it's not an outlet necessarily for their big, you know, mm-hmm. uh, creators right Right now. But it's but it's interesting. Um, I haven't read it yet, but this book that came out this week called Bodies, that looked really cool. Like it's about okay. a serial killer, I think, in like the turn of the century. If I'm, I'm probably just pitched it completely wrong. <laughs> well, that pitch worked for me, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. but it, 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 it's you know, I, I, uh, you know, they're 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 rebuilding, and they're and, and I think some of the things that are coming out are really interesting. Okay. And that guys like Jeff Lemire doing stuff for them. So there, there, there's a lot of talent there. But I think the image um, kind of stuff, uh, Warren Ellis. I'm a big fan. I like Original Sin. I'm you know, in terms of, I got to admit that I'm a guy who's been lost on some of the events. Mm-hmm. In previous years, and yeah. Infinity, you know, with Thanos, it seemed like like a no brainer, but maybe it was like a, a too much brainer or something. But it was like one of you know, it's Jonathan Hickman, and I just, I honestly, I hate comics that make me feel confused because I'm not a stupid person. But when I read a comic and I feel like I'm not understanding it, and that's probably how Infinity made me feel. I like Original Sin because it's a murder mystery. You know, who killed the Watcher? And you know, and, and I think, and it, I think it's connected with people. And we've done we've done pretty well with that. And I've been enjoying it, and been able to sort of recommend each you know uh, each issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Stray Bullets is back. That was something that I was very excited about this year. Um, well, the, hey, would you like to jump to? I know what you're I mean, most excited about is is Batman sixty six. Oh, of course. So. Yes, I'm just treading water. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the passion back, Car. It's Batman sixty six. And uh, so, I've got some breaking news that I haven't seen this re- reported a lot. 
Okay. Uh, and I tell I don't know if you 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 heard this, but the, to me, in terms of comic book shops and Batman sixty six, the most important thing Bob Wayne announced at the uh, at the Diamond Lunch for retailers last Friday at Comic Con, uh, or two Fridays ago, <laughs> depending when you're listening to this. Time is uh, timey wimey, wibbly um, wobbly, you know. But DC themselves is going to create a special edition. Blu-ray DVD for comic shops for the Batman sixty six. So it's so hold off on those Amazon orders. No, folks. no, I just bought it. Uh, no, and well, it's going to, and it's going to come with a special hardcover that collects Batman sixty, the new Batman sixty six stories that they're doing, yeah. as well as the other book that they came out with last year, which was the, the um, stories, the stories that were, that, were on, that the TV show was based on. Well, it's it's in this collection, and I, 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 I think I can't, I, think, car, I can't buy two of them. No, but you can call it. But Amazon, you can can't. You have time to cancel that order, my friend. <laughs> that DC has done an incredible thing here that I think is, a, and they're going to have it. They're going to have it. It's for comic shops. Exclusive and it's gonna, but it's gonna be available day and date with uh, with the uh, on I November eleventh. That is magnificent with uh, for DC to do to create something yes. special for for retailers. I, I had not heard that. I have not seen that anywhere. It was yeah. It was, I thought, but I you mean, know, and one of the things is because like I get my information on, on the DVD releases directly from Warner, right? From uh, my friend Gary, you know, right, the publicist, right. and this stuff. So it's not in Warner's interest. Right. They think they're hitting it. They're doing the widest, the widest right. range, but it is in the. No, I, I didn't know if it was part of the other announcements. No, I mean, it was I mentioned think... at the, it was mentioned at the the retailer lunch. They're still putting, you know, I mean, again, the way the diamond system works, you know, there's there's not a code or you know anything. Yeah. Yet, but uh, this is... I, I think Nate is right. I'm just going to end up with two sets. You're going to end up with two sets. <laughs> it's fate. Uh... But uh, but I want the word to be out there. So if you talk to your. No, absolutely. You know, not just you. I mean, but I know. I, I know. Like right now, Amazon is catching people like flies around. Pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. But you know, um, I think if you 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 know want to uh, you know give give a little you know again, no, and which it, is and what it's we a, support. And it's a special and it's a special edition. I mean, you're going to get something special in it that you're not going to get anywhere else. That's that's magnificent. Yeah. So, and you know, yeah, it looks fantastic. I'm still hoping we get to catch up with Ralph Garman at some point. Uh, I have worked every angle. Oh, uh, for the, to, the, the to, Batman Green Hornet. But to also talk about 6-6, six, six, I know he's doing commentary on Batman 6 on the. Oh, and he's the, on the, yeah, yeah. On the disc. So, I mean, the super fan who's done a great job, and, and uh, Nate was approaching, you know, yeah, we've been trying from that angle, we've been trying from Warner. We'll see. But have you seen any of the episodes on IFC, the the Batman episodes? Because MeTV has been showing them for no. the past few months. But MeTV is showing, like, the bad, you know, three-quarter inch tapes from Which MeTV has to. Ago. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what they got. But IFC looks like they're working from the prints that may be the the ones that we'll see eventually see in Blu-ray because they're, they're, yeah. they look like there's some sort of... Uh, they're at least being broadcast in HD. So you're starting to see... Remember how people talked about Star Trek where you yeah. saw the makeup on Spock's ears yeah. and stuff? So you're seeing a few things like that that are kind of, you know... Well, that's okay. I've watched... I have the Star Trek on Blu-ray remastered, <laughs> and I have not had a problem with it. Right. You know, it, it, no, no, but what's amazing is, I think, with the... We, we all remember, you know, the Batman show as, as being so vibrant and colorful, but it's also... But you... With, with some of this stuff restored, you're seeing a lot more of the lighting better in the sense that they're, you know, they were doing like shadowy things as well, especially in the early episodes. I yeah. think they had a little bit more time, a little bit more budget. Um, 
little bit more clever about things. And then you're also discovering, you know, certain things like Frank Gorshin clearly had an acne problem at some point in his, you know. Oh, Frank. <laughs> and, no, you know, you're getting a little is, too this, close. This could on, be uh, my moment. Okay, so I did not get to actually, I had one in the pro-fan trivia match, which I still want to write up this week, but um, I had a set of questions. Tom right. Galloway ended up hosting with his set of questions. I had one Batman 66 question I wrote. And actually, uh, he had a good one that, that perplexed all of us. But uh, So I'll see if you know the answer to my okay. Batman 66 trivia question. Ready? Okay. Yeah. So they didn't use Two-Face, right? But there was one villain they used who had actually appeared in comics but was not a Batman villain. Who was he and who did he actually fight? Wow, that's a good one. So there's a villain that's on the show. Yes. And are, now are you saying they just shared a name, or you're saying it's an actually a, a, a representation of the? It's a reasonable representation. A reasonable representation. Um, and you're not talking about obviously you're not just talking about something like Captain Cold and Mr. No. Freeze because no, there no, was no, Mr. No, Zero. No, 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 not doing a Mr. Zero thing. No, 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 no. Ooh, do 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 do. I you know how much do, there should be a timer on this because otherwise I'll like like <laughs> think about this all day. Uh, yeah, Bookworm Shane. Um, was the ar- Archer? I mean, that would no. be the only one that would... Although, actually, you know what? I think take that back. That's, that makes two. The Archer was a Superman villain in 1941. Right. I forgot about that. That would have been good. Now... Oh, I know who it is. Okay. It's uh, Maurice uh, Evans, because uh, he was the puzzler. That's three. Yeah. Was, was the puzzler a... a was the puzzler, <laughs> puzzler a Superman is also villain. A... Superman villain. No, False Face. False Face wasn't a Batman villain? I thought False Face was a Batman no, villain. No, False Face was not a Batman villain. A Robin villain. No, he fought the Shining Knight in a Seven Soldiers of Victory. That is his only comic book appearance. That's crazy. I would swear I thought... Maybe, you know, I know what I'm thinking of. I th- you know, I'm thinking... I'm thinking that they used that the, the false face was a version of Clayface. That was my. Th- that no, was my. my no, that no, was there my actually was a false face. Yeah. And the the revelation in Seven Soldiers of Victory was that it actually isn't a false face. That's his face, and <laughs> yeah. So they're like the Shining Knights trying to rip it off, and he's going, "No, That's it's my, my actual face. face. That's my actual no. face." So anyway, and it's just like his one appearance, but it, yeah. And so uh, yeah, what was it's how did Galloway phrase the one and Baxter? Appeared as somebody the magician. Zelda the Great. Zelda the Great. Okay, so I say so I phrased the question wrong. So Zelda the Great pulls a heist, and what were the two things that were unique about Zelda the Great's uh, appearance? And yeah, you're puzzled with me. And right. what it is is Zelda the Great was right. it was a story adapted from Batman, but it wasn't Zelda the Great. They changed the gender yes. of the of the villain. And Anne Baxter is the only person to actually play. Two villains on yes. Batman sixty six. Oh yes, that that is unique. So yeah, so it was you know that was like oh I wouldn't have thought of that because of course I haven't actually seen the dang show in so long and I'm oh. so excited, you know. And as oh. I, I, I as uh, you know, I miss it up. A she little also bit. was um, was she Minerva Olga. She was Ol- the Olga, Col- Olga right, right, the Cossacks. Yeah, Queen of the Cossacks. So uh, you know, I I was so pleased with all this thing because when I interviewed Adam West three years ago. After the tape stopped, it was like, you know, I really just, so while my son's still young, I want this show to come on home video. Right. So, and, and he just looked at me and said, I don't think it'll be in my lifetime, old chum. You know, and, and to see that so, is. So, wait, so Adam West is going to die before November 11th? No, he's not. Oh, okay. No. I'm saying it was so thrilling to see him all over Comic Con this year. Yes. 
celebrating no, it. Celebrating it. And not only that, he's going to voice in Lego Batman 3, you can play as Batman 66 and it becomes Adam right. West. I'm so excited for that game. <laughs> <laughs> and here awesome. we said in 2014, the best video games ever for Batman are Lego games. Speaking of Plastic Man, Plastic Man will be playable in Lego Batman 3. Awesome. You heard it here first. He turns into a plane. That's his power. So you can travel with Plastic oh, Man. Wow. So uh, let us uh, take another uh, annual car cast tradition. Is what? I, although I think things have changed. I, I think things have changed now that Susan has taken more of a an active role in the store. Absolutely. It used to be that she would read one comic book story a year, but I see her posting about things. I suspect she's reading two, possibly three, times ten. Um, yes. Uh, I don't know if it's times ten, but, there's, but there are more regular things. Um, she's certainly become a, uh, as so many of us are, a saga fan. So yes. I think we may have, that may have started last year. Once again, week two of the podcast saying, Brian K. Vaughn, you still haven't taken us to lunch. Okay. <laughs> he promised. Uh, Did he? No. <laughs> Nate pushes I, these things. <laughs> at the, what issue just came out? 20? Yeah. So two issues ago, I sent him a letter because he said in the back, I'll be at Comic-Con if you see me. You know, yeah. So I sent him a letter and said, hey, we'd love to uh, interview you for the Fanboy Planet podcast. But if you're not available for that, you could always take us out to lunch. So we saw him at the, well, I saw him at the. Uh, you called book, me over. That was I did call Derek over yeah. at the Le- Comic Book Legal Defense Fund uh, image party, and went up to him and said, "You know, I sent you this letter." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I was like, "So we're available for lunch." He's like, "Oh yeah, come on." So I was like, "You said he'll take us to lunch." <laughs> <laughs> and all we got was some uh, vegetables left over from the credit yeah. plate. Uh, <laughs> so. Saga, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Lumberjanes is is the, the big thing around our house. And Susan has really been uh, also aggressive about really hand-selling it. We, we, you know, whenever, especially when we see, like, you know, d- dads and daughters, mm-hmm. um, which, again, we're happy that it's, a, it's, it's, it's not uncommon around the shop to, to, to see that. We're doing our kids... Uh, uh, art class that Susan put together once a month. Which I, I got to talk about that. I think that's an amazing thing. You know, you are doing what years ago when you got the spirit of retailing mm-hmm. for the Eisner Award is that's what the shop should be. You are so firmly entrenched as part of the community. Yeah. And I don't mean that just the comics community. You're part of this. Right. Of this community and art classes for kids at the comic—that's crazy, and yet it makes so much sense. Why has nobody been doing it before? And, and anyway. it was one of and one of our the suggestion came from one of our customers, uh, an eight-year-old boy who said we should have we should, you know he wanted a club. And, and what's so the club called? It's Scrawl. A, Scrawl. I love it. Secret Comics Readers Artists Writers League. <laughs> I love so, it. And, and, and we sit around and we have we have staff members who lead it, a lot of great uh, local artists who, who have helped out. Uh, Joshua Hawk, who does a comic strip called Three Brothers. Uh, Justin Rodriguez, who's an animator. We've had, you know, Robert Ahn, who's one of our staff members and also a great cartoonist. And just working with the, you know... Um, you know, keeping the kids entertained and yeah. you know, imag- you know, creative exercises. But well, what a fun and, thing for yeah. a shop! And, and so, and so, you know, Lumberjanes has just become, you know, you know, a again. It also just shows you what you can do with, you know, if you like a book, what you can do with it, and about finding the audience for it. And, and you right. know, and we just like I said, we we you know, Susan has literally grabbed people, put the book in their hands, and you know, you know, we give them, we sell them. I mean, we get them the first issue, and then we see the trend where they come back. 
that same you know dad and daughter will come back in two days and oh do you have issues two three and four <laughs> right you know and and, and that's that and that's really the thing that makes makes it feel you know worthwhile is because it, it, it's a book it's not just going oh here's a girl superhero it's it's a it's a book that really is is for you know you know is 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 for girls and is really you know it, it, it's right. and it's not you know it's not just a knockoff of a boy book. You know, which well, a, which a lot of times they are. So I had a conversation with Jason Sachs. At, uh-huh. We had dinner Saturday night at Comic Con, and that was one of his points. He used, well, I, I think it was Jason. I had so many conversations, but I'm pretty sure it was Jason who said that he felt like Lumberjanes is the flashpoint, if you will. Sorry, DC. Of this is <laughs> this is, is the, or maybe we'll say it's the flag flagship to talk about how the fandom is shifting to girls, right? And that this is the one that's going to, if, when you look back in history, because, you know, Jason's writing these histories of decades. Right, right. And when he talks about this decade, uh, he sees this is the It is. A, yeah, Flashpoint is, I mean, it, in terms of what it historically means, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a moment in time. Uh, and, and to give credit to the publisher, Boom, you know, uh, they, they've made it kind of a mandate for themselves. And it's not just, you know, political correctness. It's, it's... Serving trying, an audience. It's serving an audience that's there and is hungry for comics. It's business people, but it, it's true because I saw that you know at WonderCon, uh, that was when people talk about this lack of diversity. I walked by the Boom booth, all all women creators, right? All you know, a lot of lumberjanes, a lot of girls around for that, and, mm-hmm. then, and then a few months, just a month later, a big Wow Comic Fest in San Jose, Boom, the only creators they sent were right. people on lumberjanes, and never a lack of people. Right. lined up to get their signatures. So, uh, and I, I feel that same thing happened at Comic Con too. That people mm-hmm. were very excited about that book. And you're right; they are serving. Uh, it's not the only book out there. You know, to me, one of the big stories this year has been the rise of Archie, which had quietly been there, but now is changing. You know, right. amazingly into with Afterlife with Archie and the death of. Archie. It's a really smart team there. Um, the guy who handles like their sales and marketing, uh, the man known as Ski. Because that is, is his nickname, and he prefers to just be known as Ski. But um, has really been <laughs> he's he's and he's worked for everybody. He's worked for DC. He's worked for Marvel, okay. and now he's you know running uh, this the sales operation for for DC for Archie. And it's very you know, um, and it was a you know again a mandate to sort of come in and go. How do we shake this? You know, started a couple of years ago with the the, the married stories. Yeah. Um, but with the whole you know afterlife with Archie, which when you think about like Archie zombies, I mean how I mean I wouldn't have ever guessed that 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 would have gotten past you know the the Goldwater family that's owned Archie for you know so many years. It just seems very like oh are we going to do that? But you know what? Um, it was it was very uh, very progressive for them to try to try something like that. And well, you know the other thing to look at is I I met Jesse Goldwater. The, the latest to be in the company, and he's a young guy who's into zombies, right? So <laughs> that made sense too. Well, it's then it, then it is sort of the passing of the you know it is the passing of the torch and recognizing. Here's the thing that I remembered too when I think about reading Archie's when I was a kid. They were always commenting on what was currently going on in pop culture. Yes. You know, when when one million BC came out, they started a whole series of R-T-B-C. stories of Archie BC. They they did cave they did caveman Archie. Yes. You know, they did Pure Heart the Powerful, so they could do their own silly superhero parodies. They um, 
they've always done, you know, uh, you know, they would do Archie Mysteries when Scooby Doo was on. I mean, right. they, Archie you know, Weird Mysteries. They, 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 yeah. You know, they always play, the the rock band aspect came because they had the hit song. You know, so like they've they've always been evolving with pop culture. So it it makes total sense that if they're going to be zombies now, Archie can do a thing with zombies. And when you think of a title like Afterlife with Archie, like it's impossible not to do it. <laughs> Are you reading it yet, Nate? No. Okay. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's, it, and now they're going to do a similar tone with Sabrina, you know? Well, because, yeah, apparently, uh, yes, horrible things have happened to Sabrina at the end of our, uh, Afterlife with Archie, or the latest issue. Uh, and I got to ask about the, you know, the married life is I did go, I did go online to Archie because they were sold out of all the all right. the trades I wanted. But they said, go online, we've got them online. So I, I last time I went in. Do I need to uh, do I need to get the trade paper back involving the the dating and the actual? Uh, I'm worried about oh, the continuity. I you know to understand I, the death of Archie. No, no, I read the death oh. of Archie. I was very actually disturbingly moved. You know, right. I, which I told them at, at the Archie booth. I said here he goes. You know, there is a place for Riverdale. There is importance. Of course, yeah. you know. I'm one of those guys who's nostalgic for that. I believe in the best of America, and that's what that issue was about. There's a reason about. why the, the char- those characters have survived for so long. Yeah. So okay, I you know all. What were you saying? What do you have to? What continuity? Well, no, I bought the I bought the first trade paperback that says the married life. Yes. But apparently, there was a prequel trade paperback where when he decided. Oh well, yes, yes. Yeah. So I didn't know if I should have bought that or not. I was just, oh well, that's the that's that's the one with the great you know the the, the two roads diverged in the woods and yes. he goes down each uh, each road. Yeah. So I'm trying to understand all that. I mean, I think it's, well, actually. That that life with Arch thing is more uh, sci-fi oriented than people realize with well, parallel universes. Yes, I mean it's it's fantasy, I guess, in a way. I mean, it's not like you know, there's no Doc Brown or anything. <laughs> there's Dilton Doily. There there's, will always be, yes, be Dilton Doily. Dilton Doily's burrito. <laughs> Peggy Sue got married. Reference. Okay. <laughs> so what and to look forward? What uh, what are you looking forward to what most am I next looking, year? Uh, You've got notes on this. Um, you know, actually, one of the things I was thinking about was we spent so much time talking about Miracle Man, you know, and but Miracle Man is now like the weather. Everybody spent so much time talking about it, but nobody now nobody does, it, nobody does anything about it. Um, uh, you know, looking forward to my question was going to be, where was the news? What was the big? What was the big news? I didn't feel like there was any big news from anybody even well, like all the movie people like they showed off actors and stuff but was there I news I would agree with you on that I feel like okay so there was the no brainer uh, announcement that uh, Guardians 2 Guardians 2 yeah I mean no brainer it's like yeah. please yeah. please well all the news they released before Comic Con right Boom did 15 days where they had right. Female Thor and Falcon Captain America and Superior Iron Man right. that all came out before the convention even started, so there was really nothing left to announce. Well, I think because if you announced that in Comic Con, most people would have gone, "Yeah, you've done it," because those are the people that, that you wouldn't knew get. The, you wouldn't get the true. press. Yeah. And, Mar- and Marvel did a good job getting some of that that press out there. But one of from the retail side of it, what's always confusing is immediately that day, people then walk in the store and go, "Hey, where's that female Thor?" They don't understand that it's and like... There's a big, long lead time. Yeah. There's a lead time. Like, well, no, this is going to happen. Well, maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. will be getting... Uh, those characters from the TV show will be right. in a comic book uh, written by Mark Wade. So right. perhaps that's uh, that's one piece the of Star news. The Star Wars, I guess, there. news oh, yeah. of the different Announced Star what the books were, yeah. Uh, I'd also say out of, you know... I think the big thing... I, though I guess it had been hinted at, and I'm still behind on Arrow, so i got to pre-order my Blu-ray season two of that, is that, uh, you know, Ra's al Ghul will be the big bad of Arrow, which is interesting. Spoiler alert. 
Sorry, his daughter was on the show, you know, already. League of Assassins, yeah, League yeah. League of Assassins brought in, and I, I picked up the rumor today, but, I, but I'm, I'm looking for corroboration, though it's a great choice. Oded Fair may be Ra's Ghoul, which I think would be... That, that That's one that should absolutely happen. Yeah, it's a great absolutely. casting, so I don't know how real that is. I just saw yeah. it, you know. And there are certain sites that I just go, well, maybe Grain of Salt is right. that more, you know... Uh, yeah, but sometimes uh, people start a rumor because that's what they want it to be. Yeah, yeah, and so and then other people repeat it as fact. No, no, and look, and I don't think honestly, I don't think even cat, I don't think casting and leaking TV series plot lines or villains is, is necessarily you know news. I mean, it's it's interesting tidbits, but that's yeah. that's what used to be you know you know uh, my old boss at Starlog, Dave McDonald, that was like his bread and butter for CBG when he would be you know he would do the media column. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, and so and so is going to show up as Captain Cold on the Flash. You know, I mean right. that's, you know, I mean it's it's not news in the sense of, I mean, what? I, so here's my theory: yeah. is I think because there was so little news from the comic book world, I think we're I think 2015 could be a really big year in terms of what this time is broken thing at Marvel is going to be, yes. and also whatever time runs out. Time runs out. Um, you know, and whatever you know, DC sort of has to cook up to uh, as a as a stopgap, you know, during their 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 move, and you know, and there are are, are uh, you know whispers of it involving a lot of you know alternate versions of characters mm-hmm. and, and things, and and multiversity. I mean, I cannot wait for you know. Oh, I mean, I'm you very know, excited you know, for multiversity. That's uh, you know, Grant Morrison and and. I, I was really intrigued by it, and then reading some of what he was saying about it at the, yeah. at the panel was was made it more intriguing. And then flip side, that he's doing a book for Boom, which I don't think they actually identified the book. Right. And I'm intrigued to see what Grant Morrison does for Boom. I mean, because last year one of the big moves to me that I think was magnificent is Paul Levitz joining their board of advisors. Yes, yes. I got a chance to talk to Paul a bit a couple weeks ago, and he's, uh, you know, it, it's 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 it, you know, it's it's an interesting turn of events. Yeah. And I think I, one thing that people you know, because I notice how many news stories. To me, I look at these weird connections and seeing right. what's going on that people don't realize. Right. Oh, that was historic for you know. Paul Levitz and Joe Casada shared a panel, right? And they're two men that have famously fought, right? In our in the comics media. Oh, it was the students of Will Eisner panel, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mike and Carlin was on that as well, and a couple other artists. And so you know, this idea that there's peace in the valley, perhaps between them, because the stakes of DC versus Marvel don't matter. But I don't know. I didn't even hear that much out of Dan DiDio. I don't think I saw Dan DiDio at, at Comic Con at all. I didn't see him, but I have seen pictures of him there. Okay. So I know he was. There. I, I saw. I saw him. Because it used and to be unlike. I mean, it was sort of like we were in a. It was sort of like oh, that it might have been in a lobby or a hotel, or but it was like a momentary thing of like Dan was. So, you know, decline. Well, it is one of those things that I think, uh, you know, that's the the size of, you know, it used to be that you'd see Dan everywhere. And you can't, and he can't now. They're, right. The stakes are too high for them as media moguls, right. you know. And that's and that's too bad. I don't. I mean, I guess I saw Joe around a couple of times, but I, I didn't. didn't see him I didn't hang around the main booths. I was off of the fringes with the independents. I think they're well. They, I mean, the, the you know they have the, the panel. I mean, a lot of I felt lots of things were sort of off the floor in the same way. Like there aren't as many signings. I mean, like they have that, all the signing areas, you know. So right. there aren't, mm-hmm. you know. You know, we're DC, and DC does like the kind of like mini museum now, like we were talking yeah. about. So you don't feel, and they still had people in the booth, but it used to be that the booth was mostly tables with artists right. and writers, 
and now it's not as much of that as it was maybe five years ago. Right. Where you'd right. have a line, you could see Mark Buckingham and John Cassidy and all the guys doing. They're different. they're, they're yeah. off at other places. Yeah. You know. But but I think I think you know but you know Boom Image and there's another is it um, there's someone else Grant Morrison's also doing another series for somebody else. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure there, but then uh, that that does bring. Just in the, the other the previews, but I can't remember. Okay, but I, it does bring up one other thing about maybe the size of Comic Con. Is I know we've talked to a few creators who uh, have posted on Facebook, "I'm done." They had the Chuck Rosansky <laughs> moment. You know, Eric Larson saying he really doesn't want to go back to Comic Con. Is it squeezing it out? Is it just right. too crazy for these for the creators, or maybe it's the older creators? You know, because I, I I rented Zub uh, Jim. Jim Zub, the guy who does mm-hmm. Skull Kickers and, and, and Figment and a few other things, you know, that uh, it's like, it does feel like it's going to be the younger man's game. You're fresh and new and exciting that your career is on the way up. And so, but guys like Eric Larson are like, okay, I want to stay home. And and so that's really what, now that Batman 66 is uh, coming to home video, what's left is your dream? <laughs> yeah, I got Miracle Man. <laughs> you got, got Miracle Man. Batman 66. Next thing, Alan it's, Moore returns to DC to write Metamorpho. Uh, <laughs> Metamorpho? I don't know, I'm just saying. Um, Derek goes to DC to write Plastic Man. Oh, that's what Derek wants, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's criticized DC too much, I think. It's interesting. I mean, here's. I'll say, from a since we're on Fanboy Planet, my super fanboy yes. um, dream would be to see some homage, acknowledgement, in a serious way to the Heroes of Earth One, in the sense that I feel like that that that, that that's that's sort of the forgotten thing that you know before Crisis you had. And I think they tried to do it a little bit with New 52 by, by trying to establish, get back to the idea of like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman being the first yeah. of their kind in yes. this universe. And that's one thing that Crisis kind of ruined is that because you had to put in all the JSA uh, timeline, right. that by the time Batman and Superman showed up, they were kind of like, they, they were copycats. To you know, right. to the to the to, you know, and that led to some great stories, like you know, you know, uh, but Justice League Year One, you know, playing the JSA to the JLA. But for the most, but for the most part, it kind of took away some of their specialness. And I think there's something about, and I, and I, I and I, I mean, I have no proof of anything, but I, I, I firmly believe that in Final Crisis, that's something that 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 he. Grant Morrison was trying to get to, and so maybe it's also my hope for multiversity, and maybe it's my hope for 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 the, yeah, had, the crisis anniversary. I had read that his attempt was. I mean, when you looked at the first, it was like uh, gods died, legends never do. Yeah, that what he started off to do editorially, they stopped him. But after first telling him he could, which was, I, I think that what his intent was that the Trinity was going to ascend, right, and then the replacements would go forward. And in some ways, that makes a lot of sense. But it's but from a marketing perspective and from licensing, that is that that's very right. iffy to do. Right. Although Marvel seems to be doing all right with Miles Morales. Right. So that they were going to try and do that because well, they sort of did it with and they sort of only did it with Batman because yes. Batman left and Dick Grayson took over. Took over, yeah. And and it worked and it was very successful and I think they could have. Uh, uh, yeah. You know they they could have they could have done that. You know, uh, they could have done so, but I, but I remember that poster that was sort of a silhouette by J.G. Jones. Yes. And if you looked at the poses, and it was 
there, I just remembered feeling very much like Mike Sikowski old JLA poses. And yeah. that always made me think that, that there was something in that. In the same way when, when Grant Morrison did DC One Million, it was a kind of homage to the to the original Superman. You know, yes. the the idea that of the original Superman coming back. And and, and and Final Crisis, it just there were there was just in the the early stages of it it seemed like it was trying to maybe, you know, Go there, right? And there was some famous tinkering and reprints as yeah. well, where they changed they changed dialogue and changed meanings as they were going through. And then you know, so I'll I'll wrap up a little because it seems sure. like there's there's some things going on back in the store. <laughs> I don't hear any sirens though, so I think we're okay. We're just next door to it. But uh, you know, recently on that on that on a similar note, um, Jeff Johns tweeted. That he believed that the Justice Society worked best as a legacy, mm-hmm. which Earth Two in the New Fifty Two Earth Two has right. uh, kind of made it invalid. Invalid. There's no way to play that legacy of they were heroes that's older right. and they passed on. Do you know any insider knowledge? Is it is it mean is he going to do a just I have a, no Justice Society knowledge. Earth One, which would wouldn't make sense? Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> my, my that would blow my mind. Uh, um, <laughs> But I think that's the thing, and I guess maybe that's also what I'm saying. We 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 have temporarily lost, and again, I understand why they want to get away away from it because it was even always that thing at Marvel when Reed Richards and Ben Grimm were were veterans with uh, you know were World War II vets with you know Nick Fury. Yeah, you always had that. You know, um, before Nick Fury turned out to be an interstellar warrior. Uh, that, I, that's why I love Original Sin. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so digging it. I just, uh, you know, you know, I knew, I knew the Infinity Formula wasn't as good as they said it was. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that there was something about the, the, the you know, it, it could, it would, there, nothing's really infinite. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, but yeah, you know, we, we don't have those World War. II, I mean, all as, as far as current comics go, I mean, Marvel still kind of has it there because they kind of have to with Captain America, but. You know, DC, the the the, the World War Two history just doesn't exist. So I would like if we're doing a you know a, a multiversity or a fifty two or really exploring that, let's find that right. world. Because you know? I feel awkwardly like they're trying to put it back in in a weird way, like Superman Unchained. Right, had right. the idea of the guy that had had fallen to Earth right. decades before. Right, sort of the the. And I think it showed up in another book too. Uh, I think another Superman. Di- oh yeah, he was just in the Jeff Johns John Romita one. The guy who the white haired Ulysses. One. Ulysses. Yeah, oh, that's a good story. I'm really enjoying. No, it. No, I am enjoying it. Don't don't get me wrong on that at all. It's just that it feels like this is what happens when happened when John Byrne revamped with Man of Steel way back when of like let's throw away all these elements and let's just in a couple of years throw all, try to shoehorn them back in in ways they don't work because we threw them away. And we established too much didn't exist in the past, and now we have to try to reestablish and make it all make sense. Well, that, that's been the problem with every every reboot. I mean, because yeah. the sort of same thing happened with you know. I mean, yeah, Superman got Man of Steel, Batman got Year One, but you still had to. It, it's the same problems because Batman always has so much history, and Dick Grayson yes. is always going to be. Dick Grayson always winds up being the oldest character in in a, right. in a book because he's the only one who ages. <laughs> Nobody right. else ages. Well, and, just, and, and they did just make some reference to, I guess, in, ba- in, in Batman, uh, Robin Rises Omega. They said, like, you know, when uh, when I died and had to come back forward in time, and like, okay, so everything in Final Crisis still happened except for Final Crisis itself. That those are the when you make reference. Well, that was even post Crisis when they would play. 
I mean, you'd have to, you know, even Wally West, what did yeah. Wally West think happened? And they tried to address it. I mean, there yeah. was a crisis. Mark Wade actually showed that there was a crisis, but within some sort of monitor or anti-monitor, but it wasn't the crisis on infinite Earths. Right. It was just a crisis of one Earth. Right. And anti-monitor shown back up in Forever Evil. Uh, yeah. It's all just, you know, so we're going to come, when's the next reboot? Go on, you got to know inside info on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, what 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 is when we get the new new fifty two? The uh, well, that's the joke that's in Ed. Did you see the joke in Harley Quinn? No, I, about the I, antelopes and uh, yeah, and gazelles, and it's yes. the GNU fifty two, the, the GNU fifty two. Yes, uh, I saw that in Multiverse. I saw that Captain Carrot's back. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. So, all right. Well, we thank you for your time. We will, of course, uh, you know, gather. If you are listening to this on iTunes, of course, then you've already found us on iTunes. If not, uh, find us on iTunes. If you like, rate us, review us, uh, and definitely tell your friends. You can find us on the Stitcher app, and of course, you can find us on www.fanboyplanet.com. Uh, well, in fact, Car just holds up. He's got the Fanboy Planet podcast. I, I was worried this year because I haven't really gotten that many emails from you saying like I'm so correcting. Behind. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I just thought, did I accidentally say something that offended Carr? You know, usually I'll send a text. Like, oh, you just really made me laugh. I, I think there are a few people whose opinions matter me that much, and yours really is. You know, one of those. You know, yes. If I make you laugh, you've made my week. I, have, I, you, 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 I, I, I hate to say, but you got bumped in the you know, spring by the Mad Men, all the Mad Men podcasts I have to listen to. Goddamn Matthew Weiner. Uh, <laughs> So, John Hamm, we will have a face-off. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he'll win because he's just gorgeous. Uh, anyway, so, anyway, back to that. You can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com where, yes, yeah, some of the things we talk about, even on the CarCast, will have Amazon links. But if you are close to Earth 2 comics and you can actually purchase it at Earth 2, that's where we encourage you to go. If you're at Elusive, near Elusive Comics or the Comics Bug or Hijinks or any of you, if you've got a local retailer, support them first. And if you absolutely can't find it, and Amazon's the one that's got it, then come to us and do a little kickback. And if you'd rather, hey, just find us on the PayPal link and donate a little to us, because it does cost to. We do this out of the goodness of our heart, uh, and or really out of the goodness of our egos. But it's still it's still uh, fun. So we hope to hear from you. If you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. We once again thank our special guest for the CarCast. That actually is you. You're always the special guest for the CarCast. What am I supposed to say? Your name. Oh, Car D'Angelo, <laughs> Earth 2 Comics. <laughs> and a, a little bit quiet, but sitting in. I'm Nate Costa. And I'm Derek McCaw. Yeah, why, why didn't you say uh, this? I said a couple things. This is how it goes. Sometimes it's quite remote. We have to say, are you awake? <laughs> you know, we didn't even talk about Doctor Who. Uh, we won't. Anyway, we're reminding you to use your powers only for good. Damn it, Nate. Okay. <laughs> Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. All right, whenever you're ready. Hey, this is Sean. Remember to use your powers only for good. Awesome. Okay, I think we got this down. <laughs> <laughs>